Hey there, folks. This is John from the Bucky Cast doing another one of our uh, opponent preview shows. I've got with me here Alex Gleitman from the website Buckeye Huddle. Alex, how are you doing this evening? I'm great, John. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be talking college football. Yeah, it's been a while, so lots of lots of interesting stuff going on. Uh, the Buckeyes, uh, the the uh, they're sort of uh, the wrestling equivalent of the Undertaker for Wisconsin. They've just been burying uh, the Badgers again and again ever since 2010, which feels like a million years ago. And in college football terms, it was a million years ago, back when Jim Trestle was still the head coach at Ohio State. Um, ever since then, it's just been misery after misery for the Badgers, uh, dating back to 2011 when we got beat on a last-minute Hail Mary uh, when the Buckeyes weren't even the Buckeyes that we know today. And since then, it's been nothing but a quantum change. Uh, Ohio State uh, has kicked recruiting into a new gear under uh, Urban Meyer and now Ryan Day. Uh, offensively, um, I'm pretty sure Badger fans are familiar based off of last year's game with the wide receivers for the Buckeyes. Uh, you guys have a have a uh, embarrassing amount of riches there. Five, four, and five-star recruits just in this last recruiting class alone on top of the players you already had. What about the quarterback and running back positions, the battles that are going on there? Yeah, I mean, quarterback position is technically open. Um, They are saying, you know, Kyle McCord and Devin Brown will continue to compete throughout camp. What I'm hearing entering camp is that it's Kyle McCord's job to lose I don't think that's too surprising to anyone. You know, he started a game as a freshman a couple of years ago. Um, he's got a year up on Devin. Uh, that said, you know, I think Devin Brown brings a lot of unique qualities to the table, uh, particularly that he's a little bit more mobile and athletic uh, versus Kyle McCord. But I'd say Kyle has a better arm, both in strength and accuracy than Devin. So, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Devin's really going to have to, if he wants to win this job, prove over the next week to two weeks that he is clearly the top choice over Kyle McCord. Uh, but I think Ohio State feels that they have two very good quarterbacks uh, no matter what. Um, and and pretty solid depth getting Tristan Gebbia, former Nebraska quarterback, former Oregon State quarterback as a grad transfer, uh, as well as Lincoln Kineholds as a, as a freshman. Um, four-star incoming player. So, uh, but it's going to be Brown and McCord. My bet is on McCord right now, but they'll battle it out over the next week or two. And then I'd expect Ryan Day to name a quarterback uh, as a starter uh, about midway through camp with a few weeks to go uh, before the season opener, Indiana. As far as running back, that's not really a battle. I'd say that the Ohio State beat is really considering a battle because you know, in, in football in these days, you, you rotate running back so often you don't really ride unless you're Wisconsin, you don't really ride one <laughs> running back, uh, all the way, uh, or Iowa maybe, but, uh, you know, I, from what I hear, Travion Henderson has had a heck of an off season. He's healthy. He has put in the work, uh, where there was work to put in. I think while him and Mayan Williams will kind of be the thunder and lightning two-headed monster to some extent with Dallin Hayden, Chip Trainum, Evan Pryor behind them. I think they feel very confident going five deep in that room. I think it will really be Travion Henderson le- leading the way with Mayan Williams also getting a nice share of carries. And then they'll try to find, you know, 
maybe yank them a little bit early in some of those early season blowouts to try to, you know, get, keep the younger guys happy and keep them around for next year when they're going to need them both or need them all. Uh, but uh, I'd say right now, you know, they're probably getting equal reps, Williams and Henderson, but I'd have to give Henderson the nod a little bit, but as I said, they're going to use both of those guys. So not really a position battle that I think us on the Ohio state side have too much focus on versus maybe some other positions like offensive line, secondary, things like that. Speaking of the offensive line, uh, Carson Hinsman, who you guys plucked right out of the state of Wisconsin, uh, sort of death ray. Like he just focused in on him and zip, he was gone. Uh, will he be the starting center this year for the Buckeyes? To be determined, but looking like that is going to be the plan. Uh, Carson today, Ohio state opened up camp on uh, Thursday. Um, and he was the number one center, um, repping in there. Jacob James was coming off an injury, uh, a couple years older has, has battled really injuries. He's the other guy kind of rotating in there, but it, it really looks like, uh, like Carson it's again, his job to lose, um, someone would have to either clearly outplay him or he would have to slip up big time over the next few weeks. But I think my bet, if I was a betting man and, or you could bet on this cause I am a betting man. Um, I would say that Carson Hinsman will be the starting center for Ohio state when they open up on September 2nd. So, so painful. The Badgers have a hole at center that they could have very, very well, uh, used Carson Hinsman to plug. And instead, uh, we're going to wind up having him line up against us. Painful painful stuff uh, and usually it's very hard for ohio state to, to pluck offensive linemen from the state of wisconsin away from wisconsin so one every you know 20 years or whatever i think uh i think you guys could give it give it to them a little bit <laughs> okay we can't give them an inch they already got five <laughs> miles on us um Speaking of, okay, we'll, we'll switch gears here to the defense. Jim Knowles uh, improved the Ohio State defense tremendously as compared to what it was uh, under his predecessors. Uh, still, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, national semifinal and the Big Ten championship game, they just got absolutely diced up. Um, is, is Jim Knowles, is he in danger of falling into that group of defensive coordinators who have just sort of been sloughed off over the years? By Ohio State, I think. Um, I think. So what I was told was that you know after the season and all the coaches meet with Ryan Day that you know I, the thing I love about Jim Knowles is he is when his unit is not performing he is like number one to step up and say I am accountable, um, no matter what. And I think he understands. It, 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 you know. It wasn't just the Georgia game. It wasn't just the Michigan game. Even the Maryland game right before the Michigan game, Maryland made that game way too close because the defense couldn't really stop the Maryland offense. And I think any team with an offensive with a with a pulse on the offensive side of the ball, which is really, you know, kind of really those three games, um, you know, Ohio State's defense didn't look so great against, you know, the Rutgers, uh, Indiana's, whatever of the world last year. Um, they look pretty darn good. So I think that there was a lot to be happy about. I think that there was, there's still a lot clearly that could be improved. And again, from what I was told in that sit down, this isn't a direct quote, but to some extent, Ryan Day, basically, you know, they spoke about how this isn't Oklahoma State or Duke. You don't really get the opportunity to to build this defense over five years. 
that, you know, in Ohio State, if you don't get it right in year two, there may not be a year three. So I don't think it was like him threatening the job or anything like that. I think it was just an honest conversation that like the expectation at Ohio State is that you're going to have, you know, a top defense that's going to, you know, be able to help them not be a not be the reason that they're losing, you know, those types of games. Right. So. Um, when you score whatever it was, 41, 42 points against Georgia, you you should win that game. I mean, that was the first game in school history they've ever lost when they've scored 40 or more points. So, um, you know, and then obviously what happens with Michigan the last couple of years, obviously Jim Knowles wasn't there two years ago, but just unacceptable for Ohio State standards. So I think, as I said, Jim is the first person to take accountability. I think he understands what's at stake this year. And I expect that unit, not only because of just because of what everything I just said, but really the talent also that they have coming back and how those guys have developed and who they brought in, whether it be the freshman recruiting class or more so the transfer portal, um, getting some help in that defensive uh, secondary. Um, I think that this will be a much better unit against those good offensive teams this year. Um, they don't have to be perfect with the way the Ohio state offense plays. They just have to be able to do their job and, and hold the team to one less point than Ohio state scoring. Yeah. Ohio state bringing in two, uh, two starters from other teams to help, help plug holes in that secondary uh, Jihad Carter safety from Syracuse. And then uh, Davis, I'm going to get this wrong. Davison Igbenosen. Perfect. Oh, Glad I nailed that one, uh, who I believe came from Ole Miss and was a starter there. So it must it, it's got to be nice just be able to, to reach into the transfer portal and snag a couple of guys who are, you know, as highly thought of as those two were. Yeah, and they needed them, too. Honestly, uh, Jihad is going to start as the deep safety for Ohio State. They play a three safety system and he's going to start at the deep safety. Um, he's got a ton of experience and. Um, I think, you know, that was a question, uh, a position that was a question coming in, you know, off the Georgia loss is who was going to take that spot after Ronnie Hickman um, went off to the NFL. Um, so that was a big question answer. Then, you know, cornerback, they had up and down play last year. There was a bunch of injuries in that room. Uh, it looks like Davison is going to probably be the third cornerback, um, which as a sophomore at Ohio State is pretty good. But I think he's going to get plenty of run as I think they're going to rotate probably the, their top three guys. Um, so just being able to provide depth and, you know, potentially step into that starting role at cornerback is huge for Ohio State. And then getting a, a bona fide starting safety with, you know, multiple years of starting experience under their belt at, you know, at the power five level is is big. And I think, you know, those are the, that's what I kind of referenced when I talked about, you know, the reinforcements via the portal coupled with, you know, the returning players that they have back in the front seven, I think is, is really going to make the Ohio state defense take a step up this year. Yeah. It's a ridiculous uh, hall of talent up there with uh, JT Tumaloao and uh, Jack Sawyer were both former five-star recruits at end. And then uh, Michael Hall, Tylik Williams, I believe Ty Hamilton's another one. And then they finally got some good linebacker play last year after having some rough years uh, a couple of years ago uh, with Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers. Uh, every one of these guys that I name, uh, virtually all of them were guys the Badgers thought about getting and then Ohio State, you know, just said, come here and they came. Um, and I, it, it's an amazing amount of talent. You, you have to wonder, you know, how long before that actually gets fulfilled. And they have a, uh, a lights-out defense. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a believer in Jim Knowles, and I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's a really smart guy. And to your point, I think that they they have the talent to be successful. So with a year under his belt, um, they brought in James Laurinaitis. Uh, they brought him back from Notre Dame, um, Minnesota native, who ended up coming down to Ohio State. Um, you know, didn't have a spot last year on the staff. He went with his good buddy Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame. Came back. He's going to work under Knowles um, with the linebackers. Um, so, you know, having him there, I think it is big as well. Um, you know, I, I if it doesn't click this year, I don't know when it ever will for Ohio State. Maybe they they go out and get Jim Leonard to be their defensive coordinator. I don't know. Don't, don't you speak that <laughs> evil into existence. Don't you hey, dare. I mean, look, you know, he's already uh, he's, he's already, already with there, right? Burt Bielema. I don't I don't need him going to Ohio State. That would just be that would be no, a but, you know, blow. As you said, like the linebackers, they're stacked at linebacker. The defensive lines, like, yeah, some of those guys that are highly recruited haven't fully reached their potential, but like this is their third year, Jack Sawyer, like JT Tumaloa. That's this is the year that they're supposed to step up. Mike Hall, Tyleek Williams inside. So the front seven is stacked, in my opinion. I feel pretty still good about the, the secondary. I think it uh, – cautious optimism, I guess, seeing is believing totally for me. Um, and what they do against, like, Indiana, Western Kentucky, whoever, like, that's not going to impress me. I Like, Notre Dame in, in week three or whatever, like, yeah, that's going to – or week four, that's, that's going to tell me something. Um, you know, obviously I think Wisconsin, Penn state, Michigan, I think those are the games that are going to tell me where this Ohio state defense really is. Um, but I have cautious optimism that finally, you know, the talent, the coaching all comes together and, you know, you, you've been watching Wisconsin football a long time, Ohio state, like traditionally has been known for having a super strong defense, maybe not the best offense in the world. The tables have kind of flipped a little bit since 2018, other than the 2019 blip where the, where the defense was outstanding. But, you know, I think it's time for Ohio State football to, to get back to its roots of playing great defense. So, uh, Speaking of that that difficult, difficult schedule, what, what do you think is a realistic record for the, for the Buckeyes this year? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a real hard schedule. Like, when you have to replace three players on your offensive line, a new quarterback – um, you know, obviously a few different spots in the, in the defense from starters, not to mention the fact that like, you know, the defense just wasn't great against, you know, certainly Michigan and, and Georgia, like that's a tough schedule to have to go against. So the over under is 10 and a half in Vegas. I think it's pretty fair to say like the most likely scenario is 10 and two or 11 and one. Um, ceiling, obviously 12 and 0 when you're talking about regular season, I think absolute worst case floor scenario is nine and three. I just, I still have a hard time seeing that one happen. I personally have said 10 and two. Um, but I think 11 and one is certainly possible for me. It all hinges on the offensive line. Um, they lost both tackles and the center. They were all picked in the NFL draft. Paris Johnson, obviously going pretty high to the Cardinals at six, their left tackle. So, replacing those spots I think how good are those guys and you know a new quarterback having a a strong offensive line is really important um while he, whoever that is gets comfortable um in their new role I think I just think the whole season hinges on that offensive line so I've said 10 and 2 um if they get past Notre Dame unscathed 
I feel a little bit better about 11 and one. Uh, I, I don't know about any other Badger fans. I'm going to be personally rooting for Ohio State in the, that Notre Dame game just because the, the domers annoy me so much. But uh, <laughs> I think they annoy everyone, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, on that note, is 10 and 2 or God forbid 9 and 3, is that enough for Ryan Day to keep his job, especially if he loses to Michigan? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't personally see him going anywhere. Like, I think for me and I think most rational Ohio state fans, like there's probably only two other coaches in America that I would rather have over Ryan day. And their names are Kirby smart and Nick Saban. I don't see like, you could probably argue Davo. You could probably argue Lincoln Riley, but like what Ryan day, I mean, I know obviously like he kind of took over, you know, the cupboard wasn't bare when he took over. I get that. But not everyone can just like take over a head coaching job at a school like Ohio state and do what he's done. I mean, he, he, what in, in 20, in 2019, his first year, 2020, his second year, and then 2020. So three out of four years, he's made the college football playoff. One of those years he made the national championship last year. You, you obviously can argue, forget a kick away. I mean, there were so many other things in that game. Like they call the penalty on the, on the, what I thought was, at least should have been unnecessary roughness if not targeting on Marvin Harrison Jr. Like all these other, you know, a couple other calls here or there. Like they were very close to beating Georgia last year. And then I would assume most people would have them as the favorite over TCU in the national championship. So like <laughs> Ryan Day was like that kick going in at the at the buzzer away from potentially winning a national title last year. And I understand, like it seems like the the, the sky is falling. You lost to Michigan two years in a row and it hasn't really been close, but I mean, they beat him in 2019 pretty handily. They would have definitely kicked their butts in 2020 had Michigan not, you know, had to cancel that game due to COVID. Um, losing to Michigan would stink, obviously. It would be an absolute disaster. But Michigan's going to be really good in the games in Ann Arbor this year. I don't know. I don't know if Ohio State's even going to be favored in that game. So, you know, if Ohio State went 11-1 and and lost to Michigan but, like, still made the college football playoff – I mean, is that really the end of the world? I, I know it, it is probably to some fans. If they go nine and three or 10 and two, you're talking about other things. You're talking about like, what's the state of the program? But I still think Ryan Day's built up enough equity. And we're entering a world of college football where 10 and two probably still gets Ohio State into a 12 team field. And then they still have a shot at a national title where like, who are you going to go hire? Because I hate to tell you, but the guy that they're probably going to try to hire is the guy who's coaching your team now. So, you know, I, or Mike Vrabel. And you're, you're, you're talking a lot of our nightmares into existence here. (laughs) So you better hope that they keep them, but no, I, you know, my long rant short, I, I don't think Ryan day is in any danger whatsoever of losing his job. I think going nine and three or 10 and two might make his seat hot for the following year. Like you better bounce back the following year, but um, you know, and you better not lose to Michigan the following year, but in no time in the history of Ohio state has losing to Michigan, John Cooper, I guess, but like that was over, he was like two ten and one. That was like over a 13 year stretch, like losing three in a row to Michigan has never been a reason to fire a coach at Ohio state. There's a guy you can hire in place of Ryan day, John Cooper, bring him back. <laughs> Love John Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you do, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I don't see, I don't see the guy being, um, in danger of losing his job, but the seat could get hot for sure. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. So my, my final question for you, has Ohio State considered a Lend-Lease program for their wide receivers? I feel like they've, they've accumulated so many, as I just talked about at the, at the top That's of the That's the show. transfer portal, right? Oh, God. It's nothing but four-star wide receivers. Even the, even the walk-ons are better than most teams' wide receivers are. You know, it's um, funny. The walk-ons really are good. They, you know, they had the guy, Sam Wigloose, who went to Ohio last year and was one of the country's top receivers as a scholarship guy at university of ohio so you're, you're not too far off on that one um I, I yeah i wasn't joking i mean they, they've got wide receivers on there who are, are local dudes who have actually blossomed into into really good players so it just the the amount of talent is is staggering i believe there are currently four five-star wide receivers on ohio state's team it's hard to get two um, that was unheard of until Alabama started doing it. Uh, I, I just, you know, you, you you threw one to Iowa, you know, <laughs> threw them a lifeline. They didn't have anyone at wide receiver until Caleb Brown landed in their lap. I just feel like you guys should share the love a little bit. Um, hey, I mean, look, you know, got Luke, Luke's got those Ohio roots. I'm sure there's going to be a couple guys that, you know, are going to be looking around the next well, few years because, as you said, that room's crowded. You know, make sure make sure they're in position to get them. I, you know, Caleb um, Caleb Brown left. He went to Iowa. Caleb Burton left. He went to Auburn. Um, you know, they're they're definitely going to have more guys transfer out after this year. So, transfer portal is your is your lease program. I think Badgers should definitely be watching that one closely because there's going to be some good good players out there, and I think. Finally, Wisconsin's going to be a place where receivers want to go because I think they're going to throw the ball around a little bit more than they have uh, under the last few uh, regimes. Better be throwing the ball more than they have because I don't think anyone's going to go for uh, lining up uh, with a in against a nine-man box anymore. Oh, it's just that was that was that last question was an expression of my misery. You guys <laughs> need to get Brian Hartline a head coaching job somewhere. Somewhere far away, preferably in the ACC or the Sun Belt. Um, yeah, that would, that would be nice. He I, don't, to... I don't know if that's going to happen. I think he's going to be if he ever leaves to take a head coaching job. I think he's going to be very picky. But hey, look, maybe if Ryan Day doesn't leave for a few years, maybe that's who they hire. So I don't know if you'd like that, but it's better than taking Luke Fickle, right? I, you know, I just want the wide receivers to be free. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Brian Hartline did, but he spiked the punch and now all the wide receivers are going to Ohio state. It's a little crazy. Of course, it's gotten to the point where everyone's going to Ohio state as, as you, as the Buckeyes well-deserved because they've been so successful over the last decade, especially. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be an incredible game, uh night game at camp Randall stadium. Um, it's going to be a good around one. Halloween. It's Halloween weekend that weekend, and I'm sure it will be absolutely nuts because everyone's looking forward to I think, I think Wisconsin could pull off that upset. Like I have – obviously, I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? I mentioned them before, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan. Like it's hard for me to see Ohio State losing a game outside of those four on their schedule. Um, but I think, you know, I know Wisconsin's got their own things to figure out as far as like new coaches, new system, new players, things like that. But that is – on the road at like, as you said, likely at night, like that's a very losable game. Like camp, I will say this, like I've been to most of the big 10 stadiums. I've been to night games. I mean, Penn state's whiteout is, is really yeah. impressive, but 
I was at Camp Randall in must have been 08. Um, the yep. game where Pryor ran it in, ran the touchdown in, and then Malcolm Jenkins, I think, sealed it with a with a pick on the last drive. But like I was in the press box and literally the press box was shaking. Um, not only during jump around, but like in the fourth quarter, like it was it's a very intimidating environment for for an opposing team. So I think Ohio State. That's going to be a really tough test for them. I, I I think Wisconsin could beat them for sure. Yeah, it's going to be an intense atmosphere. We love to have Ohio State in. I think the last time they were in Madison was 2016, I think. It was 2016 it's or 2016. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. And that game was also at night, and I can remember watching it uh, from up north. And I, it was, again, an incredible environment, and the Badgers just barely missed out. They've had a lot of near misses against the Buckeyes recently. Not last year. Last year was the beginning of the end uh, for for Paul Christ, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but traditionally, Wisconsin has played Ohio State pretty tough. So no it's just a simple matter of, you know, the talent talent wins in, in college football. And Ohio State's got as much talent as anybody in the SEC or any other conference in, in college football, frankly. Yeah. Well, you could get J.J. Watt back and maybe uh... – <laughs> Maybe things will be we'll, different. We'll sneak him out on the field. No, he's 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 old now. He's not the same. He's not the same JJ Watt as he was. Maybe if we can convince Joe Thomas to put on some pads, we'll throw <laughs> him out there at defensive end. He he did that once for us when he was younger. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for uh, for coming on here. You want to tell the folks um, where they can view your work? Yeah, you can check us out at BuckeyeHuddle.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Alex Gleitman, A-L-E-X-G-L-E-I-T-M-A-N. Sorry, I'm on I'm on X as, yes. as Alex Gleitman. We're all and, correcting uh, ourselves now. Yeah, we're also at Buckeye Huddle. Um, independent site, um, you know, put out tons of free articles and information as well as, you know, have a, a, a paid message board and, and some paid content. But uh, podcasts on YouTube. Um, you know, we actually have a YouTube channel called College Football Playbook, which I think is worth following. It's not just Ohio State. It's covering all of college um, football across the Big Ten, across the entire country. Some really good stuff mm-hmm. on there. So definitely um, check us out at BuckeyeHuddle.com and College Football Playbook on YouTube. Yeah, remember, Badger fans, know thine enemy. Know thine enemy. Check out his stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for being on the being on the podcast tonight. Uh, and all you Badger fans out there from John the Bucky Cast, peace out, people. <laughs>